Hey everybody, welcome back to the Jess Lewis Show. This is episode number four. Okay, so today's episode is going to be kind of random. It is literally 6.15 in the morning on Monday, the 29th of June. And I did not get a chance to record my podcast at all last week. So I wanted to get up early and record one before I get into my workday and all of that. So this is going to kind of be mostly an update on the house and all of that and random thoughts on moving when you move and relocate. So don't mind the sleepy morning voice, but hopefully this is a productive podcast. Okay, so update on our house. Super, super exciting. So like I said, today's June 29th. We have been in our new house since June 19th, so about 10 days. So on June 19th, we closed and it was a super fast closing. Thankfully, it took like 20 minutes. Um, I've closed on two other home, no, wait. Yeah, two other properties in the past, and they were not that quick, so that was pretty nice. But of course, just like anything, you always have this last-minute stresses of closing. Um, we didn't get the information on the final closing amount until like a couple hours before that morning. Our closing was at 10 a.m., so we were trying to figure out how to wire money, and then our Chase Bank accounts were kind of messed up, not messed up, but in our online banking in the wrong order, so we couldn't draw the money off the right account, so we had to switch that. And then we, because we didn't have the exact final amount, um, the title company had us just you know wire whatever the estimated amount was, which ended up being more. But she was like, just in case it's not more, and it's you know like you end up paying a little bit less that you have less wired than you need, bring some checks. Well, Matt and I don't order checks. We just print checks with our printer and Matt had already packed up the printer and our computer. So he had to unpack that. Then the printers weren't printing the checks. Finally figured that out. Long story short, we ended up wiring more than we needed. So we were going to get a cut, a check cut to us, but it was definitely stressful. So that part was stressful. Then, um, obviously we, it was time to move. So we were just super eager to get here to our new place. So we, as soon as we left closing, came back to the house and started loading up the truck, um, which we had gotten in the morning uh, prior to going to the closing and had stopped by our friend's gym that we had our kettlebells out and had already loaded those in. And we had done a bunch of packing in the week before and got stuff like pretty much ready, but it ended up taking us, you guys, five hours to load the truck. It was so much work. And of course, we're in Tennessee, you know, it's like 90 something degrees. Well, we live on a third floor apartment that's 40 stairs. So moving in last June to that apartment was definitely a lot of work, but we had two friends with us that were helping and we totally did not realize how much of a difference it makes to have people with you when you have four more hands and feet helping you go grab boxes and go up and down those damn stairs. So hindsight's 2020, should have asked my friend if she could help we weren't even thinking about it because we've been so stressed out with closing and worrying about all that stuff. So long story short, moving out of the apartment took five hours. Um, we had pretty much everything in boxes, like I said, but it was just the process of, you know, how much can you actually carry downstairs and going down the stairs, putting in the truck, going back up the stairs. It was exhausting and took way longer than we anticipated. Then the drive over here to our new place was super easy. It's just about a nine, just under 90 minute drive from Gallatin here to Sparta. And you know, this house, there's like four steps going up into the house from the garage. So that was way faster. I don't even know how long it took us to actually get the stuff out of the car and into the garage, maybe like an hour. Um, so that part was pretty easy. 
And then we spent um, the rest of the evening just at least getting the bedroom set up. And um, we are typically not people that eat out a lot, but we were so exhausted that night. We're like, we have to go into town and find like a pizza place or something and get a pizza because we had to return the truck. So we grabbed a pizza um, and then we're like, we need to go to bed. So that was day one. We woke up the next day on that Saturday and felt like we got hit by a dang truck. I have not been that sore probably since my boxing days. It felt like I went like 10 rounds with like one of the best boxers in our gym. I was so sore. It was like our moving truck hit us. So we could barely move, but we had to, you know, obviously finish unpacking the house and getting all situated and doing that. So we spent most of the weekend getting the house all set up, cleaning up the garage, setting up the garage. We got a ton done so that we could be settled into the house and, um, it was, it was great. So it was a very exhausting time. And like I said, we don't eat out a ton, but just kind of with this whole moving and doing all this work, we did end up that week, um, grabbing out food more regularly than we usually do. So we went to two restaurants in downtown Cookville that we, um, one we hadn't been to that we actually, it was really good. It was a cool place that was on Sunday. And then we went to one of our favorite places in downtown Cookville, which is 37 Cedar, um, and grabbed food. I can't remember what day it was last week. And then another day we actually went and got fast food. You guys haven't eaten fast food. I think probably since I know I eat fast food once when Matt and I were on vacation. That was like probably back in 2016. We never eat fast food. We had been working in the yard for six hours. I'm like, you know what? All I want is greasy crap. So we went to Chick-fil-A. So I think in the world of fast food, Chick-fil-A is probably not the worst, but we never eat stuff like that. So we were kind of out of our routine, didn't have all of our groceries. We we're not used to having like a yard and doing yard work all day and just kind of being in a position where we have our food ready for days like that. So it's been taking some time to get adjusted to our new home, our new routines, um, having an actual home versus like a condo or townhouse or apartment. Um, so yeah, we ate a couple more times out than we usually do. Thankfully it was no super expensive meal. So it didn't really, it did not bring us outside of our dining out budget for June, but it was, um, my stomach wasn't super happy about all that eating out. So since then, we've started to get into more of a routine and it's just, we love it here. So if just to kind of, if you haven't listened to the podcast before, to tell you a little bit about what we have in our property and stuff like that. So we're out in Sparta, Tennessee, very small town. I think it's about just under 5,000 people. There's way smaller towns in the United States besides a 5,000 person town. But to us, it's small because we have never lived in a town that small. Um, but we are literally, um, where we live, the county is right bumped up against the county that Cookville, Tennessee is in, which we love Cookville and we're closer to Cookville. So we've been going in town to Cookville to get, you know, groceries and all that. It's really cool because we feel like we're in the country, but we're like 12 to 15 minutes from every convenience of being in a suburban city. So we have, you know, Publix and Kroger grocery stores and we have, um, tractor supply and Lowe's and, you know, all your chain kind of restaurants, which we usually don't go to and stores like, you know, TJ Maxx, Home Goods and Ulta and all that stuff. So it's really cool to have this mix of being in a rural area in the country and then being within a 15 minute drive to the conveniences that we were used to being suburbanites. 
Um, so our property is seven acres and it's a three bedroom, two bath house with a huge garage, which was one of our major selling points because now we can have a home gym. You guys, this is like the best thing on the planet. We have our thousands of pounds of kettlebells finally in their forever home in our garage. We are going to need to dump some cash to get, um, some mats to, you know, put in flooring in the garage so we're not on concrete and we'll probably have to get a squat rack. We do have a bumper plates with a barbell set, but we are definitely going to want to get a squat rack with a pull-up bar and some rubber mats. We get the horse stall mats from Tractor Supply. That's what I had my whole entire gym floored in back in Downers Grove in Chicago. Um, and so we will definitely be getting those, but those are not high in the priority list right now. So we'll be, I just wrote our program, our training program for this week, and we are doing most things standing since we're going to be on a concrete floor and we have tons of yoga mats. So it'll suffice, but we have a huge garage. I'm going on a tangent. It is, I think just under 500 square feet. So it can serve as our home gym. And then obviously a regular garage for Matt to work on the cars for us to have our yard stuff in. It's humongous. Um, that's pretty much one of the main reasons we bought the house was because it was an attached garage and out in the South, um, that's not very common unless you're buying a brand new home. Old houses don't usually come with attached garages. A lot of people do not park their cars in the garage. Um, out down here in the South, they don't have garages, they'll have carports, um, detached garages sometimes that they later build on. So we scored big having an attached garage on this house. So the property is seven acres and about three and a half acres are cleared um, that are not forested. The other about three and a half is kind of like forest. The whole entire property is lined in trees. So we basically cannot see our neighbors. It is the coolest thing. I mean, you could literally like pee off your back porch boys and Matt is pretty excited about that and nobody would see you. Now, probably in the fall and winter when the le uh, trees lose their leaves, we will be able to see um, in a distance our neighbors on either side and stuff like that. But it's very private, which is super cool. And so this house has been vacant for a very long time. The investment company that came in and bought it and did some remodel, remodeling to it prior to that, obviously they didn't live here. The family that lived here before that, I think had been out of this house for quite some time. So the lawn is very neglected. So the seller had, you know, cleared, basically mowed some of the existing like yard around the house, but the yard beyond this like mowed area is weeds that are no joke, six feet tall. So it, we basically have a weeds in our yard. And now the, again, the yard around the home is mowable. It's a regular grass, you know, all of that. So we do have an area we can walk the dogs and do things and stuff like that. And we are originally not going to go through the effort of mowing down all these weeds. So what we did the other day was we bought a weed whacker, which we need. And I'm like, let's just weed whack this little section, which seemed a little at the time. So the yard had more of a kind of uniform square shape. Six hours later, this is the Chick-fil-A day. Six hours later, after weed whacking, we were like, oh my God, that was a much bigger section than we thought. But now the yard has a more uniform shape. And then we're like, we need to see what the rest of this acreage looks like once the weeds are down. So that resulted in us um, reserving for hopefully this week, getting a push behind brush cutter so we can plow down these basically six feet tall weeds and then go through and mow. So we did buy a riding mower too, so that we could do that. And that was 
been tons and tons of research to figure out which one to get for you know having a little bit of acreage um so hopefully by the end of this week we should have we should finally see for the first time what the three and a half cleared acres actually looks like around the property which will be very cool so our acreage is fairly hilly if you live in tennessee nothing is really flat they always say if you think you know if you see a, a listing for a house in tennessee and it says flat it means it's at least a 15 percent grade so we definitely have some rolling hills in our area and like i said besides the three and a half acres that are technically cleared minus the weeds a lot of the rest of it is forested um but it can be cleared so down the road we will probably go into the forested area and kind of clean it up, cut down old trees and all that, but we don't need that much acreage to maintain right now. So the three and a half acres will be more than enough for our needs, which are basically, we have no clue. So let's fast forward to our beginning of our homestead journey and what we've done so far. So, so far, like I said, we've tried to get the lawn, um, we're working on that. We've got our mower on order. So once we, the mower comes in and we cut down all the weeds, we will, Matt will go over and do it, the lawn's first mowing and we will see the land for the first time all cleared and nice and then over this past weekend we ordered 15 baby chicks from murray mcmurray hatchery so we will have our first flock of egg laying chickens which is super exciting and i've been researching for months and i'm so pumped to have our own chickens. so i hope probably with that many chicks we'll get probably in the beginning a minimum of six eggs a day but i think it could get to about eight to ten eggs a day which seems like a lot but we already eat six eggs a day so either a we're gonna have to eat more eggs or give them to neighbors or i don't know sell them or something like that here and there when we have extras or just find more ways to use eggs so that'll be super exciting because it's a huge staple in our diet is eggs. so we'll be able to have our own farm fresh eggs in our backyard and we're trying to figure out what we want to do as far as managing them coop wise um, in an ideal world we wanted to free range them because it's just so fun seeing the chickens like kind of wander around your yard the downfall of that is chicken poop chicken poop everywhere um, and the other downfall is predators so since moving here we have definitely seen um, ground and air predators. So from mowing the, or weed whacking the lawn and pulling weeds and things, we've noticed there's some big holes in the yard, which probably is evidence of groundhogs, weasels, some kind of ground um, predator. We do have deers, but I don't believe those are predators of chickens. Um, I think the first time we were here, we think we heard coyotes, and then there are hawks that fly over the property. So I think hawks are probably one of our biggest concerns. So we're really not sure what we're going to do as far as managing them. My original, or my kind of idea I had the other day that I finalized was I was going to do have Matt build the Justin Rhodes Chickshaw, which is basically a mobile hen house. And then we were going to get the Premier One electric chicken or poultry electric poultry netting which is basically fencing that you can move around that way we could kind of like rotationally graze them so we would move the chickshaw to a per certain part of the property fence it in with the electric uh, fence let them stay there for how many of our days so they kind of like scratch up the soil fertilize it peck and do all that and then we would move them we're just a little concerned after seeing as many hawks as we did yesterday when we were in the yard if that was going to be an issue so hopefully fingers crossed we don't lose any um, birds to hawks once those guys are out there but um, we shall see basically everybody says you eventually 
in your first go do lose a few chickens to some hawks. Um, so the other option is to do a mobile chicken tractor tractor that has kind of like um, hardware cloth or poultry netting as a ceiling essentially so it's basically like a movable run. So we thought about doing that but I really want to be able to have them be a, have a little more freedom and space in that. So we'll see. We'll try something and if it doesn't work we'll have to try something else. So that will be the first part of our homesteading journey as far as animals go, which is super exciting. And then as far as like gardening and stuff, I have no clue what I'm doing. No clue. We have no garden started. I don't know if we'll start one this year and start with some cool vegetables, cool weather vegetables like potatoes and cabbage. I'm not sure. I don't know where to put a garden. I don't know how to do anything with gardening. So I'm going to start doing some research on that and see if we will start a garden for a fall harvest of some cool weather vegetables. Or we may just wait till next year so I can do some more um, research and figure it out. Because I am clueless. If you are a gardener, hit me up. Message me on Instagram, Jessica underscore M underscore Lewis. Or shoot me an email at hello at jessmlewis.com and give me your gardening tips. Because I have never gardened in my life. The most gardening I did was when I got my earth box last year. And we did some herbs on our patio. And that was it. So... Yeah, I've got a lot to learn. Um, we do have a little front area, a landscaped area in front of the house that's, you know, mulched and has plants. And I'm thinking what will be best for us is to dig all that up and make it an herb garden. I'm really not, I really want to kind of create a property that's more sustainable and any effort we put in gives us things back, whether that's improving the soil, giving us food, stuff like that. So I'm hoping to get an herb garden versus just having ornamental plants up there. So that is the plan for that. But again, I have no clue what I'm doing. So yesterday, Matt and I spent about four hours outside. We have this area that was a kind of a area in the middle of the yard. that's kind of overgrown, like wild flowers and weeds. And we had mowed it down with the weed whacker a couple days ago, but we wanted to go out and pull roots and pull weeds. And that took four hours. And I got sunburn, which I usually don't stay out long enough to do that. But I was kind of... Um, not worried about it because we've been outside so much, but I think it was because I was bent over pulling weeds that my back got kind of burned. Um, so that's not good. We don't wear sunscreen. I don't believe in sunscreen. I can talk about that more in another episode, but I clearly have not been out in the sun long enough on that part of my body to be able to sustain four hours without a long sleeve shirt. So that was lesson learned. Okay, so that's kind of where we are at with our homestead. I needed to come up with a name. So right now I'm just calling it the Lewis Homestead, but that feels kind of boring and generic. So if you have ideas for a name, let me know. We don't want to really name it our street name or anything like that. So I don't know. We need something will come to us. We need some kind of name for the homestead. Um, but that is where we are with the house. So this whole episode has been a lot about that. But let me just kind of wrap it up here and talk about the idea of moving and changing and habits and being in a position. And, and when you approach your habits and goals in life and really remembering that you need to be flexible. If your habits and goals are not flexible, then you're just going to kind of get frustrated all the time. So definitely when every time we move, we always go through this period of a couple of weeks where we're trying to find our groove again, you know, figuring out where our grocery stores are, finding what day to grocery shop or, you know, moving in and doing all that. stuff. So clearly our eating gets kind of jacked up. That's why we ate out a few more times than we usually do. Um, a few times we've unintentionally intermittent fasted because we've been in the yard and just skipped lunch. Um, so we've had bigger dinners. So you just have to remember that when you're going through a transition, maybe a new job, you're relocating, maybe you um, have a kid, something like that. Life takes 
it takes, there's an adjustment period and everybody's different and every life change takes a little bit different amount of time to acclimate to and get in a groove to and just be patient with yourself. You know, I think it's important that we all have some kind of base habits built um, to keep us grounded. You know, maybe it's you have a habit of a certain rise in bedtime or maybe you have you know you need to have drink a certain amount of water every day or you need to be active a certain amount of times like having a baseline kind of automated habit will will help you as you go into a new phase of life but even those get adjusted so usually i have kind of a set rise in bedtime i'm usually in bed by 10 p.m and i usually get up i don't know the latest i ever get up is 6 15. i usually get up a little before six just naturally and that got a little bit wonky just because we were, you know, the first night I couldn't sleep and things like that. So, you know, when life changes hit, your your rise in bedtime will change a little bit. But hopefully you can get in a groove fairly quickly with finding that consistent rise in bedtime again and making that important. Um, as far as eating, you know, try your hardest when you're going through changes to maintain your usual diet. But again, some things change and just give yourself a little bit of, you know, grace or whatever with that, that when life changes, your eating habits are going to change and just make the best choices you can. And remember the next meal is always an opportunity to get back into your groove. So like I said, we had Chick-fil-A one day, we had pizza one day, and then we ate out at two restaurants one day. We never eat out. What is that? One, two, three, four times in a week. Um, but we ate, you know, we got a burger with salad or we had a pizza. We didn't eat. That's all we had was pizza. Um, those are things we would never eat all of that out in one week. But the rest of our meals were our normal, our normal breakfast, our normal homemade lattes, all of that. So don't beat yourself up if things change because your schedule, your life is going through an adjustment, but just do your best each time to get better and better and get back in your groove. Um, you know, I've also dropped my daily walking routine since we moved because I am, without even going on daily walks, we've been getting in tons and tons of daily activity. Clearly our moving day was like a marathon. So that was lots of movement. We were moving in the house. We're doing projects around the house. We're outside, you know, pulling weeds and mowing and doing all that. So we're getting in movement different than walking, which is totally fine. Um, and actually what I've been really looking forward to, I love going on walks, but I also wanted an opportunity to be outside without having to like walk. I wanted to just be outside in nature. So now with this property, we're very easily able to do that. So I don't need to be like, oh my God, I'm not doing my walk every day. That means I'm not reaching my goals. No, that's not the case. I'm doing different kinds of movement. So things just shift and they can complement your other goals or your goals can just change and your habits can just change. So just remember when you're going through job changes, family changes, relocating, that life takes a little bit of time to get back into its groove and just do your best, you know, each day to map out a new plan, build a new routine and kind of just let it be while maintaining your commitment to your larger goals. So right now, as we go into July, I'm trying to contemplate how my goals and things are going to shift for the next kind of half of the year now that we have the home. One of my big goals this year was to buy the house and to start homesteading and gardening and doing all of that. So now that we've hit that point, I kind of need to sit down and reassess where I'm at for the next couple months and start figuring out what my project planning and goal setting is going to look like now that we have the property. You know, how much can we get done in a month? What's a feasible amount of projects to get done in a month? And I really need to sit down and almost have a new goal setting set 
session based on where I am right now. Luckily, I'm using right now a really cool planner, the Moxie Life Planner. And in that planner, there is a quarterly goal check-in. So now we're hitting the end of quarter two. So I'll be able to kind of go through that question, those questions and kind of reassess where I'm at. If you have any interest in planners, I also really like the Inkwell Press Planner. We have a sticker shop for planner stickers and I am an affiliate for Inkwell Press and for Moxie Life. So if you have any interest in either of those planners, if you visit our website, Knockout Print Shop, or you go to Knockout Print Shop on Instagram and go to my bio, I do have affiliate links for both of those planners. I should probably put that in my Jess M. Lewis one. So probably at the end of this podcast, I'll do that. So you can go to the Jess M. or Jessica underscore M underscore Lewis on Instagram and see affiliate links to both Inkwell Press and Moxie Life if you're somebody that's looking for a planner. So tangent. But my point is, is I'm at a point right now that we've achieved some major goals of buying the house and now we need to kind of shift gears. All of our money, all of our savings, all of our efforts financially um, and all my kind of learning has been about getting this house and starting the homestead. So now I need to kind of shift gears and figure out where we go from that here. You know, how much money do we need to set aside to do different projects? We're probably for a while going to go away from savings to just getting, putting money, our extra money into the house as far as getting the homestead started, doing some maintenance around the house, getting the things we need because we didn't have any home care things. Like we didn't have a weed whacker, a lawnmower, a ladder, shovels. We've lived in an apartments for the past two years and before that had a townhouse. So we need to get a lot of regular adulting home things. So a lot of our money that would have naturally went into savings will now go into home repair, maintenance, upgrades, things like that. So I, long story short, I need to sit down and kind of have a meeting with myself about where we go from here. Matt and I have also decided that we are going to go back to having our weekly coffee meeting. So we'll, we'll go out to a coffee shop, either out in Cookville or Sparta each week and sit down and talk about our goals and things like that and what we want to do. That way we can get on the same page. We've been out of that habit almost since Raleigh. We didn't really do it at all in Gallatin. So as much as we don't like to, we love our own coffee and lattes. We do want to be out in the community and support local businesses and start to kind of establish ourselves here in our new community and take time out of the house to um, sit down and think about what we want to do with the house. So that's kind of where I'm at with all of those things and goal setting. So if you go through, you know, life changes too, it's a good time to sit down and reassess your goals. Maybe you get a new job, maybe you have a kid, maybe you get married, maybe you move, uh, maybe you have uh, a new thing in life to take care of, a, a parent or something like that. It's always a good time when you go through a transition after you kind of get through those that period of, okay, what is going on in my life, to sit down and go, okay, my goals have obviously changed, my lifestyle's changed, what do I need to focus on now? What needs to be tweaked, honed, you know, what goals need to go to the wayside, what new goals need to take priority, things like that. So always be willing to adjust. Just because you set an annual goal does not mean that it needs to be a goal the whole year. Sometimes things change and goals don't serve you anymore. So just be flexible. I think that's the moral of this whole podcast is to be flexible and to remember that you need to go with the ebbs and flows of life. Stay committed to your goals and your intentions, but also, um, be willing to make changes when changes are needed so that you can stay on track and you can continue to thrive and move forward. Okay, I think I'm done. We're almost at 30 minutes. I thought I'd only be talking for 15, but this has been a long one. So hopefully you guys enjoyed that kind of hearing an update. I know most of this podcast today was about us, you know, in the house and all that. So 
hopefully that was entertaining to you and you kind of are, you know, like, that's cool what Jess is doing or I have no clue that's totally foreign to me. So hopefully you enjoyed that part and gained a little bit of tidbits of things you can apply to your own life. I am going to sign off for now. Again, like I've said a few times here today, follow me on Instagram, Jessica underscore M underscore Lewis on Instagram. I do have a YouTube channel. Don't really post much, but once we get into this homesteading thing, I think I'm going to start a new home, new YouTube channel for the homestead. So you guys can follow all of that when we get our baby chicks and all that stuff. And let's see. And if you need to email me, you want to reach out by email. Hello at jessmlewis.com. And then there is my website, jessmlewis.com. All right, guys, hope you are doing well, and I will talk to you in the next episode.